0: This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: This is Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous show for you as We've got a lot to take a look at in regards to everything that's going on on this Saturday. We've got a couple baseball games that are wrapping up. Unfortunately, all the baseball for tonight currently in progress. Typically, I get one or two to be able to take a look at. To be able to start off the show, but everything is in progress, so we'll be diving into that. But we've got just a whopper of a UFC card that is going down right now, UFC 276. The Adesanya fight is going to be coming up a little bit later, but we've seen a little bit of the undercard thus far. And for anyone that wanted taking Cowboy Cerrone, he wound up getting submitted a few minutes ago in the second round. So that wound up just winding up wrapping up, so I'll be keeping tabs on. Everything that we're getting in terms of the UFC card for tonight. We've got all sorts of money being thrown down in the NBA as billions upon billions of dollars has been spent here in the last few days. So we're gonna be taking a look at that market as well. Get my takeaways there. And apparently from a few days ago, there's apparently some Los Angeles schools that are gonna be playing against a bunch of schools out there in the Midwest as well. So there is no shortage of things going on in the sports world, including Wimbledon and joining me in the second hour to be able to take a look at what we're all getting at the All England Club. That would be Pam Maldonado. She does an absolutely terrific job over there at Yahoo Sports. Does a great job when it comes to the football scene as well. Does a great job taking a look at the NFL, college football, and then her other main sport is tennis. So we're going to be diving into what she's all noticed thus far. We'll try to dive into maybe a little bit of football as well, as I would like to able to do some previews here towards the back half of the show take a look at what we're all going to be getting for this upcoming season with the greg peterson experience moving forward i think we're going to do one conference a week i'm going to be taking a look at the nfc this or the nfc east this week so we're going to be starting there and then we're going to be pinballing all through these conferences and then after eight weeks we're going to be very close to the start of the nfl season so we're going to be having that going on of course we got a lot of baseball that's going down, so we're going to be taking a look at everything that we've got on the diamond for Sunday as well, and we've also got some Formula One action that is going to be going down Sunday morning. Mikhail Miranda, he does a great job with the Racing Lions podcast. You're able to find that wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play list goes on and on. Does a tremendous job. Being able to gauge that, he has joined me quite a few times on the Greg Peterson Experience. And as a matter of fact, he's actually our audio engineer for this show tonight. He does an absolutely tremendous job making everything sound nice, clean, and clear. He's going to be joining me right around 8.45 p.m. Pacific Time, 11.45 p.m. Eastern. And there's just a lot of things to be able to take a look at because I know that there are many people that are bummed out that the NBA, NHL seasons are done. It's going to be a while until we wind up getting college football and the NFL back into our lives. But there's always chances to be able to look forward. And hey, I mean, no matter what your sport, I always do encourage people to be taking a look forward. Like my main sports are baseball and college basketball. So it actually works out very well with regards to calendar. When one winds up stopping, the other does wind up beginning. And I do think that this is something that a lot of betters should be taking a look at because now it's sort of that awkward period in which a lot of people are trying to find something to be able to wind up doing and I don't think that's the worst thing in the world if you do wind up having a lack of action for a few weeks if you're not much of a baseball better you really can't get into tennis things like this that's not necessarily the worst thing but I would say that if you wind up having a few main sports you probably do want to be spacing it out a little bit more like if your three main sports would be and I'm just spitballing here college basketball the NHL and the NBA all three of those wind up going down at the same time and That could be a little bit of overload. Meanwhile, if you wind up doing something like the NFL and college basketball, what I do, baseball and college basketball, things like that, I do think that that's very important. And I do think that at this time of year, it is important to not spread yourself too thin as well because we've got a lot more, I think the fair way to put it is ancillary markets because we all know that. Football reigns supreme when it comes to sports here in the United States of America. It's the one that always gets the most amount of coverage. I think that there's a fair argument for basketball being number two. Some would argue America's pastime to each their own there. But when you've got the NBA and college basketball sort of combined because College baseball, it has been picking up some steam, and I do think that college baseball is a very good product. I actually used to work a little bit out in Nashville, Tennessee. That is the home of the Vanderbilt Commodores. SEC baseball, it is very, very high quality. I can, <laughs> I could say that having witnessed it in person. But certainly, it is a little bit behind what you wind up seeing in college basketball as well. But that said, when you've got more of these ancillary your markets out there, I think that it's important to try to be able to gauge on something that you're able to do very well. At. And hey. UFC, it's something that winds up going all year round, and you've got a nice card tonight that is something that is not necessarily going to overwhelm you, because most of these fights may wind up happening on the weekend, and if you're looking for a sport that's a little bit more similar to football, because as we know, with football, for the most part it's pretty much being able to plan for those big Sundays, you wind up getting a game on Thursday, you wind up getting a game on Monday, sometimes you'll have a few rare Saturday games when it comes to the back half of the season, and then When we wound up having the pandemic, we did wind up having a couple random games. I still remember there was that Ravens and I think it was the Pittsburgh Steelers that they were playing. I might be mistaken on that, but we had Wednesday afternoon football, good old waf. That's something hopefully we will never have to revisit again now that things have become a little bit more normal with that regard. But that's certainly something that it's something that you are able to do a little bit more. I guess you call it week by week while being able to maintain like a NHL, NBA, college basketball sort of rotation as well. So I do think that that's important to take a look at, but just in terms of handicapping and handicapping itself, I do think that it's big that you don't stretch yourself too thin because I I personally am of the mentality that you'd rather be the master of a couple specific markets, be able to gauge it day in and day out rather than trying to dip in and out when NBA season winds up ending, you frantically do all your research, humanly possible, on the MLB because it's like, oh, this Drew Rasmussen guy—he apparently starts for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's a little bit worse than the Shane McClanahan guy, who apparently has been having a really good season. It's not necessarily a place where you want to be, just like if you were a say NFL handicapper for instance you'd probably be looking at that the same way with some of that's like oh this Joe Burrow guy is apparently putting together a good season who knew and it's just like man you probably want to be gauging this all throughout the season and I know that there's a lot of handicappers out there that they will take a few months to be able to get a little bit of a sample size before they wind up diving in and that is actually perf- not just perfectly okay that's actually a very good way to go about it I know that I've got a good friend in the industry and Ian McMillan. He does this a lot with college basketball. You don't wind up diving in until you wind up having a little bit of a sample size. And then when you do wind up getting that sample size that you feel comfortable with, you're able to make your determinations there because there are so many different types of handicappers. There are those that they are very much analytically based. They play, they look at the numbers, they wind up handicapping their numbers, and they wind up betting those numbers. They do absolutely nothing else. You get more betters that they wind up gauging the spot you wind up having some betters that they wind up going by feel I mean the list goes on and on different strokes for different folks I'm not here to say that one is right I'm not here to say that one is wrong because honestly I do a little bit of both I do think that when it comes to the spot itself it's always something that is meaningful I will wind up adjusting my numbers with regards to a little bit of a weird scheduling quirk with regards to a little bit of What we've been seeing recently, as well, sometimes a little bit more, a little bit less than the season results, based on what I've been seeing the last few days. I do think that it is very important to have some flexibility with the way that you end up handicapping. There are some that they always wind up sticking, tried and true, with regards to just winding up going about things the exact same way in terms of balancing the recent versus the full season sample size, and that's once again one of those things which. It varies from better to better, but I do think that it is very important to have a little bit of a system in place. So I always think that it's important to keep these things in mind and just important in general now that we are getting into some sports in which people are a little bit less familiar with. Like I am someone that I do absolutely no tennis whatsoever. That's why we're ringing on Pam Maldonado in the second hour. I can't give you anything with regards to Wimbledon. I will be giving you guys guesses. My best way of being able to handicap it would be to buy a dart bar, set it up like right there during the commercial break, throw a dart. That's pretty much what I'd be able to give you. And you don't want that information because, well, it's not research. I mean, sometimes it actually winds up hitting better than when you do wind up researching it yourself. But that said, you don't want to be relying upon that. So always look for the folks that they do a good job with their markets. And I do think that that's important as well because there are some of you guys that, You do wind up having your normal few sports that you wind up doing, but you've got a couple friends that they do a great job of being able to gauge other markets. Like I've got a couple friends that they are tremendous on the UFC. I've dabbled in a little bit of UFC, but I quite frankly don't know what I'm doing. But at the very least, I'm able to utilize others as a little bit of a resource. So that way I'm knowing what I'm watching a little bit more. And if I do decide to fire in, I have a little bit more confidence on it rather than trying to rely upon just An outsider's view, not really knowing what that is going on as well. So, I do think that there are many important things going down right now, and it is sort of the changing of the seasons. And I think not spreading yourself too thin is very important, and at the same time, knowing who you are able to rely upon as well. And what you're able to rely upon is baseball going down day in and day out. And right now, we've got a couple games that are in progress. You've got really two national games that are of the forefront. Hard to be able to get too much on this game live right now as the San Diego Padres and the LA Dodgers are doing battle. This is currently in the top of the eighth inning and the Dodgers currently hold a 7-2 lead if you want to take in the under in this game as this is a total that closed at 8-12 and has already went over and unless if the San Diego Padres are able to muster up a big time effort, this is going to be a spot in which they are going to wind up losing and most likely are not going to be able to cover the run line. I actually have a crazy set with regards to the LA Dodgers run line that I'm going to be bringing up on the other side as well and then the other game that we've got going down out there in the National League that'd be the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies. This one you might be able to fire in on a little bit more live. as It is the Colorado Rockies currently in the lead by a count of 4 to 2. This is a game that's currently in the bottom of the fourth inning and if you're looking to be able to get on this live, Rockies minus 570 on the money line live. So, we're going to take a look at that. I'll bring up that Dodgers set that We've got that it's very crazy with regards to the run line, and take a look at what we've been getting in general in baseball trends. That's up next right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: If you dare.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on Vsin, the
0: Sports Betting Network.
3: This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. and. I tease it on the other side. I've got a crazy stat for you about the LA Dodgers and how they have been performing this year. If the Dodgers are able to pull this off, they're currently up by kind of 72 against the San Diego Padres. This is a game that's currently in the eighth inning. This would be if they win by multiple runs might add, because this is a run line set. Uh, They would move to 49 wins straight up this season. This would be their 44th win on the run line this season. So, I talk about it so much when it comes to money line sports. So, this applies to hockey as well. For those of you guys that want to just diving out of that sport as well, always be taking a look at this in terms of units won and units lost rather than record. Because if you've been betting the LA Dodgers on the money line every single night, You actually have not been having the world's greatest season thus far. You're seeing it up on VEASAN.com. Your return on investment, if you've been betting the L.A. Dodgers on the money line every single game this season, this is not including the Padres game that is currently going on right now, but you'd be down $737 thus far this season. Now, we don't necessarily have the exact numbers when it comes to the run line as it does wind up varying a little bit more with the run line. But typically, if you're having, say, a $2 favorite at home now at home is very different than on the road because you wind up getting those ninth inning ups if you wind up playing it on the road and thus you're not going to be able to get as good of a run line price like a minus 200 favorite on the money line at home typically you're going to find that run line in the neighborhood of even money typically with a total of like eight plus you're going to be laying a small number if you wind up getting down to say like a seven you could actually sometimes get like a plus 105 plus 110 but even money-ish, I think is a fair guesstimation with regards to that, just blindly taking a look at that. But with that said, you're able to just have so much more profitability if you're taking a look at the run line right now with the LA Dodgers rather than the money line. And vice versa, you're going to have some teams in which They have been playing a lot of one-run games like the Houston Astros this season. They've got a well below 500 record on the run line, despite the fact that if you've been betting them every single game on the money line, you've been able to make a lot more money. And when it comes to gauging baseball as well, for those of you guys that are starting to dive into it, I think that it is very important that you take a look at the pitchers themselves and how they've been able to perform the starting pitchers because there are some guys out there that are very trustworthy and there are other guys that aren't. And it is going to really vary from team to team. And the team that i'm going to illustrate here is the oakland a's you've got one of the most profitable pitchers in the big leagues on the oakland a's and you've got one of the least profitable pitchers in the big leagues on the oakland a's that would be the starter that wound up going today and paul blackburn for the most profitable he has made 16 starts thus far this season for the oakland a's if you have taken the money line and bet it for 100 on every one of his starts thus far this season you'd be up $549. This is despite the fact that, as we know, the Oakland A's, I will illustrate this as professionally as I can for you, not good, not good at all. They have been terrible. Meanwhile, Frankie Montas, who I, a solid pitcher, I think that we would all be in agreement he deserves better than what he's gotten thus far this season if you have bet on him in all 16 of his starts. You've taken the Oakland A's on the money line, $100 in all 16 of Frankie Montas's starts. Keep in mind, Paul Blackburn, you bet on him, plus $549, Frankie Montas. You bet on him in every one of his starts, you're down $978. And there are certain guys out there that are fade because you look at his teammate, Cole Irvin, you're down $635 if you bet on him in every one of his starts. One of the most infamous fades, and I am praying that we get the chance to be able to fade this guy once again, Johan Adone who made 13 starts as far this season for the Washington Nationals. And at 13 starts, the team wound up going 1-12. and And if you bet the money line, and every one of you on it own starts for the Washington Nationals, 1-11 and record, oh, yeah, guess what? You're going to be down money. I mean, you would have needed a big plus price on that one win to be able to recoup anything. But you'd be down $1,119. That still leads a league in terms of least profitability and just really historic because out of those 13 starts, by the way, He wound up losing 11 of those starts by two-plus runs, 10 of them by three-plus, so lots of prayers that we can wind up having him wind up being able to get some starts because it has been very, very solid and someone that is going to be going on Sunday. Unfortunately, I don't have much for you on the game right now. Hopefully, by the end of the Greg Peterson experience, we will know a little bit more of what the San Francisco Giants are doing, but... Lucas Giolito, he's going to be taking the rubber on Sunday. We've been noticing a dip in velocity. It's a Chicago White Sox team that in general has been having a rough year. If you bet on Lucas Giolito in all 13 of his starts this far this season, you are down $617. So not too impressive there. And you're going to notice it with a lot of the least profitable pitchers. Typically, they aren't guys that are on winning teams. You are going to have a couple exceptions like For example, you say Kikuchi, you've bet on him and every one of his starts, you're down over $500. He just has not been good. He is not giving you a solid effort whatsoever. But a lot of the least profitable pitchers, you're going to find that they're on losing teams and they just lose every time they wind up going out there. Like Patrick Corbin, he's another guy that's in the top 10 in terms of least profitable pitchers. But some of the most profitable guys, they're also on losing teams as well as there's always like one or two trustworthy starters that you're able to rely upon even with some of these bad teams. I wound up illustrating it with the Oakland A's and Paul Blackburn. You've got Eric Fetty, who he wound up taking the rubber for the Washington Nationals, I believe it was, a few days ago. Actually, I do think that he's actually going to be going on the bump for Sunday. So that actually makes it all the better, because if you bet on Eric Fetty in every one of his starts thus far this season, he's a top 10 most profitable pitcher out there in the big leagues. He's made 15 starts. He's made you $497 if you backed him on the money line in every one of these starts as well. Graham Ashcraft, he has been the young guy for the Cincinnati Reds. I've seen some stars. You bet on him. $100. All eight of his starts, you're up $663. And you just notice it up and down the board. Like Zach Gallen has been one of your more profitable stars. Spencer Watkins of the Baltimore Orioles. These are not names. They are up there in the pantheon of great starters or anything like that. But they're guys that they wind up giving you solid performances. They're on teams that... Shall we say are not necessarily so impressive. Hey, I mean, Nick, the guy that wound up going today, you wound up seeing the Texas Rangers get the job done against the New York against the New York Mets. Martin Perez, he's made 16 starts thus far this season. If you bet on him in all 16 of his starts, you're up eight hundred and fifty-one dollars. As the Texas Rangers, they are have been absolutely amazing thus far this season. And there it is up on the screen. According to vsin.com, Martin Perez. You bet on him and all of his stars he's number two on this list as of right now this is i believe stats as of what we wind up having coming into saturday but certainly you've been able to make a lot of money off of him paul blackburn and then you've obviously got a couple studs on some of these better teams joe musgrove tony gonsolin james sataya which other than musgrove those are not guys that were coming into the season number one or even number two starters For that matter, it's more the number three, number four guys, in which you're able to find a little bit more cheaply. You're typically not laying north of $2. We could wind up seeing a little bit of reversal of that throughout the season, but I do think that that's always an angle that you want to take a look at, and a lot of these guys are guys that didn't necessarily have the world's greatest reputation coming into the year. Jamison Tyon, coming into this 2022 season, I think a lot of people were thinking, if he could just wind up being halfway decent, This would be tremendous for the New York Yankees. Go out there, be able to fill five innings, give up two to three runs, and he has certainly been much more than that. Martin Perez, he was with the Boston Red Sox last season and wasn't very good with the Boston Red Sox. As a matter of fact, he was so bad last season that he wound up getting demoted to the bullpen. Now he's been able to resurface, and he's been able to do a very solid job with his Texas Rangers team. Paul Blackburn, I mean, I came into the year thinking that he probably wasn't going to get a lot of starts for the Oakland A's. He's actually been very solid for them as well. So, guys having career years is something that you do want to take a look at. And always with regards to these most profitable pitchers as well. If you're looking to think, if you're looking in the mindset of when is the time to be able to jump off of the bandwagon, take a look at these guys fielding independence as well. And I think that that's something that is important to take a look at because typically, whenever you do wind up seeing a guy wind up having a big, giant career year whenever they wind up getting off to a start like this, the old theory of what comes up must come down is something that winds up applying. Now, with someone like Martin Perez, who I wind up just illustrating, wind up being able to get the win against the New York Mets today, I tend to think that he's going to be able to not continue this just torrid pace but he's going to be able to maintain he's still not going to be a fade at any point this season because he's been doing a significant better a significantly better job of not walking guys from the 2018 to the 2020 seasons he wound up averaging 3.8 walks per 9 innings this year it's been more around 2 point2 2 point3 walks per 9 innings meanwhile you take a look at someone like Graham Ashcraft he much like Martin Perez doesn't wind up giving you a whole bunch of swings and misses but You have to wonder if the walks problems that you did wind up having in the minor leagues a few years ago, if those are going to crop up and if those are going to rear their ugly heads as well. So I do think that there's a lot of things to take a look at and you're able to find some good value with a lot of these guys. And you always want to be taking a look at just how these pitchers are performing in general because the old saying in baseball is momentum is only as good as the next day's starter and well, there's a lot of momentum that is going down in regards to the NBA futures market. How about if we dive into this next? Because, I mean, to say that we have had hoopla in the NBA would be an understatement. We've got guys that are requesting trades. We've got hundreds and hundreds of million dollars being doled out to guys. And we've got futures on this next right here on the Great Peterson Experience on the sports Bank Network.
0: Seeing hoops peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network
3: baseball predictions made brighter join the born 80 ballpark challenge presented by blue moon to can be for free for cash all season long enter into weekly prediction pools fight for your share of sixty-two thousand five hundred dollars in total cash prizes head on over to draftkings.com slash blue moon now to be able to join in on the action Blue moon made brighter 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply to DraftKings.com for details. And as per usual, please do drink responsibly as this is Greg Peterson experience with myself. Greg Peterson looked up at the screen. It was the bottom of the fifth inning. And to my surprise, I still wound up seeing a big giant beard on the mound for the Arizona Diamondbacks as Dallas Keiko, but despite the fact that he wound up getting destroyed, he is still out there and right now it is is seven two in the top of the sixth inning as it appears as though we wound up getting an extra base hit for someone for the Arizona Diamondbacks. If you're taking a look at this one live because we really don't have a lot of live baseball right now. Only other game is the Dodgers and the Padres. That's in the ninth inning and the Padres. If you want to be able to take them down five runs to be able to come back, you're able to get plus 1500 don't waste your money with that. You should be probably getting a little bit more than that because even though Craig Kimbrell has not been great this season, if he does wind up coming out here for the L.A. Dodgers, not necessarily the bet that I want to be making unless if I'm getting something like 100 to 1. But with that said, in this one, you're finding the errors on the diamondbacks. Plus $8 to be able to come back in this one. I don't want any part of that either. The total is interesting, though. Live total of a 14 and a half. The juice is on the under... Honestly, if I'm looking at anything right now to be able to dive in on live, you got a man on second base right now with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Might be looking at a little bit of a live over because you've got two bullpens that we're going to call what it is. They're not great. You got an Arizona Diamondbacks team that they're in the pot of 10. The big leagues in terms of bullpen are in to the credit of the Arizona Diamondbacks. holding Kushner, who you wound up seeing a little bit earlier on Visa and Bet Center want to up alerting me to this in the last three weeks. Colorado Rockies have an ERA of right around about a 3-4 in their bullpen in the last three weeks. Overall, they're still 28th out of 30 teams. They're not great. Their best reliever is Tyler Kinley, and he is currently out for the year. So I don't have a lot of faith there. And this is an Arizona Diamondbacks team that they have a lot of guys that are able to do a good job of be able to go yard. Bought a home run in half for nine innings. And there's a run for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Seven to three is now your count. And that live money line has come down to a plus 600. So, hey, might be worth a look there. Crazy things wind up happening at Coors Field. A five-run lead is about as safe as a $5 bill that is just sitting out there waiting for someone to be able to take it. So, we are going to be taking a look at that as things wind up going along. And there was a game that was going on. A little bit earlier, that is now wrapped up between the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs. If you wind up taking the Cubs, then you wind up getting about a plus 130. I felt like you should have probably gotten a little bit more than that on them, but you had the job done, 3-1. to one. I have no idea how, I have no idea why, but Alec Mills is like the worst bullpen pitcher in the history of forever, and then he winds up getting starts, and he looks halfway competent. So you wind up seeing the Cubs be able to get it done. total, wound up opening up at 10, wind up closing at 9.5. This one winds up going well under that total as Josh Winkowski. Not been bad for the Boston Red Sox. We'll be taking a look at the rest of that series towards the back half of this show. But with that said, we've got to get you guys alerted as to what's all going on with the NBA hoopla right now. As just to be able to give you guys a deep dive as to what has all been happening the last few hours. Kevin Durant has requested a trade. Kyrie Irving, it looks like he's going to be going elsewhere. Zion Williamson, he's going to be getting a five-year deal that is going to be worth up to $231 million. You also did wind up seeing Devin Booker wind up agreeing to the max. John Morant is going to be getting $226 million. Nikolai Jokic, he now becomes the richest man in terms of a contract that we wind up seeing in the history of the NBA. So we've got a lot that's going on. And right now the buzz is really with the trade talk says. We wind up seeing Rudy Gobert wind up going to the Minnesota Timberwolves in a trade that I'm not sure about you guys. And maybe I'm in the minority on this. Felt like the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up way too much for Rudy Gobert. I don't know if the fit between Karl-Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert is necessarily going to be the world's greatest. I recognize that Gobert, not a guy that's going to step out and shoot threes, Karl-Anthony Towns is, but was this combination worth four first-round picks? Walker Kessler was just a first-round pick, along with guys like a Beverly and company. I don't know. Jared Vanderbilt was in the deal. That's not necessarily too much of a needle mover, but I mean, you wind up trading away essentially five first round picks, other ancillary players to be able to get in Rudy Gobert. I don't know. I, I'm just one of those people that I think that it's probably going to be a case in which the Minnesota Timberwolves, they should not be fighting themselves towards the top of the pecking order out there in the Western conference. And the odds makers agree even with that trade, the Minnesota Timberwolves are finding themselves 40-1 to 1 to be able to win the NBA title. They're on par right now with the Atlanta Hawks, which I like their deal a little bit more. Being able to bring in Deontay Murray, he winds up coming in, to sell a running mate for the Atlanta Hawks because we've seen it time and time again. Ice Trey, Trey Young, he's able to do a very solid job, but you just see someone around him. I thought that that was a trade that was worth making, but... I don't see it with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then if you're taking a look at the odds board right now, right now it is the Boston Celtics who actually find themselves as the favorites at plus 550. The Phoenix Suns, they're at 6-1, along with the LA Clippers, the Golden State Warriors, all at 6-1. Milwaukee Bucks from there, they're at plus 650. These are all by draft games, by the way. The 76ers, the Heat, the Lakers, they're at 11-1. And then you've got the Nuggets, the Dallas Mavericks, are At 16 to one, and then at 17 to one, the Memphis Grizzlies. For some reason, the Brooklyn Nets are at 22 to one. I mean, unless if I, you got to figure that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant they're not going to be playing together. I'm not completely sold that both of these guys wind up moving. I recognize that you could wind up seeing a case in which there is going to be both of these guys moved. I know that Kevin Durant has obviously requested the trade. I'm not necessarily sold that there is going to be a deal before the beginning of the season. This could wind up being a little bit of a James Harden saga where you do wind up having a case in which maybe you wind up having Kevin Durant have to play a few games before they wind up finding a suitor for him. I don't know what is necessarily going to be happening here because you just don't see it very often. But I mean, if we wind up seeing what we want to seeing for Rudy Gobert, I mean, what do we wind up giving up for Kevin Durant right now? I want to seeing the minions movie yesterday and a quote, the great grew the moon. I mean, that's seriously what you have to give up right now in this day and age of the NBA. I mean, you got four first round picks and a bunch of ancillary play, players for Rudy Gobert. I recognize offensive player of the year, but I mean, once again, does that fit between Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns? Sound great on paper. They're going to be great down low. You've got Obviously, a guy in Anthony Edwards who's been able to take off as a former number one pick—I question that very much. So, and if you're giving that up for a guy in Rudy Gobert, who I mean he's a good player, he's an all-star and everything like that—I'm not going to go out there and consider him even close to the same player as Kevin Durant is, even though Kevin Durant is a tad bit older. But I think that just one of these cases in which you got to find the right suitor. And I know that a lot of people are talking about the L.A. Lakers to be able to dive in and try to get what some of these guys says. There it is, Arizona Diamondbacks. That's a home run for Kitel Marte of the Marte Parte. It is now 7 of 4, so we're taking a look at that live total. That is climbing upwards, as when I wound up telling you guys, there might be a little bit of value on it. It was at a 14 and a half. Looks like this is probably going to be going up to 15 and a half when they wind up re-listing this. So that is something to take a look at, but with that said, Getting back to what we were talking about in terms of being able to trade for Kevin Durant, any team that even winds up being able to get Kevin Durant, they're going to have to give up so much that they're probably not going to be a viable contender because what we're noticing in this day and age of the NBA is that the teams that have been able to win these titles, the um, Golden State Warriors this past year, the Milwaukee Bucks, the previous year you had an outlier with the la lakers but even the toronto raptors most of these teams are homegrown and then they wind up bringing in those one or two pieces to be able to push them over the top the toronto raptors did wind up needing Kawhi leonard for that one year to be able to get their title but everything else like the kyle lowry's the pascal siakam's they were guys that wanted being able to develop within the organization and guess what they utilized the draft They hit on their draft picks. I ain't looked no further than the Golden State Warriors. They did a great job being able to bring in Steph Curry along Clay Thompson. Guys that weren't even top five overall picks. The Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's a guy that wound up going number 15 overall. Chris Middleton was a second-round pick. Heck, we could say what we want about the Denver Nuggets, but Nikolai Jokic was a second-round pick. He's currently a back-to-back MVP winner. Meanwhile, you've got teams like the Nets. You've got teams like the LA Lakers that, I mean, for the Lakers, they wound up doing an okay job of being able to draft guys like Kyle Kuzma and company. They wound up winning the title there. They wanted trading away those guys that were relatively solid that they – wound up being able to develop an house and they trade for Russell Westbrook. And what happens? They were one of the biggest disappointments in the history of sports and they couldn't even get into the play-in game. I mean, forget about the playoffs. Forget about making a deep run. They couldn't get into the play-in game. The 20 teams are not eliminated by the time the play-in game is happening and the LA Lakers were one of them. This is just... One of these things where I recognize that Kevin Durant has a lot of talent, but you got to question if these teams that are towards the top of the odds boards right now are going to have to give up too much that it winds up crippling them and in turn doesn't wind up helping them too much. So I think that that's interesting to take a look at in terms of the NBA. And we've got a lot of intrigue to take a look at with regards to the MLB slate for Sunday. How about if we do that next right here on v the Esports Bank Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here for just $19. You get everything that VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll be able to get VEASAN's Daily Best Bets, including Adam Burke's MLB Bets on the Diamond. I know that Scott Seidenberg has been doing some great work with these as well. NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and much more. And if you want the full VEASAN experience, which includes Daily Best Bets, every single edition a Point Spread Weekly, these our betting tools, live video streaming. it costs just... $19 a subscriber from now through July 31st to be able to sign up. You go to VEASAN.com slash summer as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And I alerted you guys to perhaps there might be a little bit of value on the live over in Arizona versus Colorado. And while we are away, another Jackson wound up being it out there in the great state of Colorado as you wound up having Christian Walker go deep for his 20th home run season. It is now seven to five, a live total now of 15 and a half shaded to the over. So we are seeing that go down. And if you want up taking this before the game, the total wound up closing at 12. So at minimum, if you want to taking the over, you are at the very worst, going to be getting a push. So I'll be keeping up with this. And I noticed that when there wound up being that home run from Christian Walker, there wound up showing up on the screen that, You want up beginning because the Arizona Diamondbacks scored five or more runs, three free season beef tacos from Taco Bell. I've always wanted to know this, and we're going to throw this out. If you have an answer at gunit underscore 81, what if you wind up trying to do this in, like, a completely different state? Like, for instance, in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills score five touchdowns, and some company out there in Buffalo winds up doing a promotion. If I out here in Las Vegas wind up going to insert like pizza restaurant here that says you know what if the bills score five touchdowns you get like a free pizza or something like that if i want to try to go to that restaurant how how much would i get laughed at and would they actually honor it because i'm willing to let them laugh at me if they actually honor the promotion so i've always found that to be hilarious and i'm sure that the answer is no but i've always been curious so if anyone has the answer to that at unit underscore d1, because I think that that would be a hilarious loophole if you're able to get away with it. But with that said, how about if we wind up diving into some games that we can actually bet on? Because while well, free pizzas are nice, it's one of those cases in which there is not a lot of money being made in talking about free pizza, but we do have some games that are going to be really interesting for this Sunday out there in Major League Baseball and With Sundays at Major League Baseball this year, they've been a little bit more interesting and a little bit more spread out because the Peacock game now goes on at 9.05 a.m. Pacific Time. If you're out there on the East Coast, 12.05 p.m., so right around noon. So if you're someone out there on the West Coast that you don't like to wake up early, you might want to place your bets overnight. 9.13, 9.14 is going to be the one that has the Peacock game between the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers. Derek Skubal is going to be going for the Tigers, and you yeah, got Brady Singer is going to be on the bump for the Royals. And the Royals will find themselves right around a plus 110 to a plus 115 underdog. And then if you take a look at the Tigers, you're going to be getting them anywhere between minus 124 and minus 130. And Derek Skubal has been getting shelled recently. Three plus runs given up in each out of his last five starts, but it's not like Brady Singer has been much better himself. Brady Singer, as a matter of fact, he had such a bad start to the season that he wound up getting sent down through the minor leagues, resurface had a couple really good starts after he wound up coming back up from the minor leagues, but has been struggling ever since A three plus run surrendered, and now three out of his last four starts, so it's been a little bit of a touch and go sort of situation with him, but I did wind up making this to where I'd be willing to lay up to about a minus 132 with the Tigers. so the minus 125, minus 130-ish that we're finding, that'd be the max I'd be willing to lay. The total seven 7.5. I don't think it's completely unwarranted, but I think it's intriguing to take a look at a total in a game like this, just because when it comes to a game that's going to be going down at, it's going to be local time right around noonish. I believe that the great state of Michigan is Eastern time, but you do wind up having sometimes some tired bats, but... At the same time, you've got a Royals bullpen that has been absolutely awful, and it's currently dealing with injuries. Josh Shaman, he's out of the fold. After he was one of the more trustworthy relievers for the team, but like Kouas has been able to do a relatively solid job, and you just have some of those guys out there, though, that you can't have any faith in. I don't understand who ever thought Amir Garrett was a good reliever, but Amir Garrett has a six ERA thus far this year. I feel like he's had a north of four ERA in like every year of his career at this point, so. It's just not necessarily been too terrific. And then you take a look at the Detroit Tigers and to the surprise of, I'm sure, a lot of people, this bullpen has been lights out this year. They're currently number three in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. They're hovering right around a 310-ish. And I mean you've got a lot of guys that used to be starters that are right now headlining that bullpen, like a Michael Fulmer, like a Willie Peralta. These guys have been terrific. For this team. But with Drake Scoble. He just has not been in good form at all. And it's not even because of the deep ball. He's given up about a half a home run per nine innings. He's just given up a lot of general contact. The walks have been solid. Two and a half Fox per nine innings. I do feel like in this recent stretch. He has been getting a little bit unlucky on balls in play. And for the Royals. Not a team that's necessarily providing a lot of power. You've got Salvador Perez. Who's been dealing with an injury. And. With him on the fold, you've only got one guy that is going to be available in this game, and Bobby Witt Jr., who's been able to give the team a double-digit amount of homers. But I do think that you're going to have a Tigers team that they've been wretched on offense as well. They're averaging right around three runs per game. Be able to get to a guy in Brady Singer that able to give you eight strikeouts per nine innings. The command has been solid, but he's been giving up a lot of hard contact in general. Now, to put it to you this way, the Detroit Tigers, as far as season, they've got 42 home runs. Going into Game 2 of the doubleheader between the Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees, the combination of Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo, two men, have 50 home runs. Eight more home runs than the entirety of the Detroit Tigers. But we have seen the Tigers be able to bust out a little bit more with the bats at home. You wind up seeing that in that Texas Rangers series two weeks ago. You do have Miguel Cabrera hitting right around a 300 for this team. The Castros, Harold, and the other Willie Castro have been able to do a solid job being able to reach base for this team. And. It has been a case in which Tigers have really been derailed by injuries. They won just getting back Michael Pineda. So now they're back up to two. uh, Their original starting five from the beginning of the season being in the fold. But it's hard to have a lot of faith in this Royals team in general with the way that they have been pitching as well. A a 7.5 total I think is a little bit too low. And I think that it's going to be a little bit funky to take a look at these games in general because we've been noticing a lot of these early Peacock games. They have wound up going over the total. I know that our good friend at the network, Scott Seidenberg, who Typically, I do wind up filling in a little bit for on the look at on Sundays as a little bit of a theory that a lot of these primetime games, the balls are a little bit more juice. I don't know if that's necessarily coincidental that we've been seeing a lot of primetime games slash standalone games in this case, because I don't know if I would consider 9 a.m. Pacific time to be primetime, but these standalone games, these future games, winding up having juice balls or not, but there certainly have been a lot of high-scoring primetime games, aside from Sunday night baseball. A lot of these Sunday night baseball games have actually been duds if you've been looking at scoring, but I do think that that's a little bit of an interesting angle, but I do think that 7.5, just a little bit too low with the current form that both of these guys are in, and that Royals bullpen, just not one that I could trust in. So I'm going to be taking a look at an overhand. I do think that Scoobo going to be able to land a little bit of a better start here than you're going to be able to get out of Brady Singer, even though I will say for Singer... He's got right around a 480 ERA at home, more around a 385, 390-ish road ERA. So he's been a little bit better on the road. But with that said, going to be taking a look at it over. And I like the Tigers here at right around this minus 125 to minus 130 price. I'm going to be doing my DK Nation pick in our number two. And we're going to be taking a look at everything that we're getting in terms of this current game as well between the Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Currently, it is 7-5. That is in the bottom of the sixth inning. So we'll be keeping tabs on that. But... Just want to give you a little bit of an initial look at this game because we are seeing a little bit of movement with this one and that would be 923, 924. Oakland A's. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Seattle Mariners. Robbie Ray going to be going for Seattle and you've got Frankie Montas on the boom for Oakland and we've seen the move on the total. It wound up opening up at seven. Right now across the board, I'm now seeing a six and a half and I think that we might be getting into a little bit of a point of no return when it comes to this total. I was willing to take an under at seven. At six and a half, I would start to be taking a look at an over, though. Frankie Montas has been very solid thus far this season, and he's made 10 quality starts, And the a quality start is where you wind up going six innings or more, having given up three runs or fewer, but it's been a case of which in those ten quality starts, the team is two and eight. And you've got Robbie Ray, who's been absolutely tremendous recently, giving up, as a matter of fact, two earned runs in his last four starts. But we also got a guy in Frankie Montas that his ERA on the road is nearly two points higher than it is at home. Right around a 260-something at home on the road, it balloons to more like a 4.6. And I do think that Robbie Ray, someone that despite the fact that in his last four starts, he has not a lot of home run, still giving up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings, winds up allowing a lot of hard contact. And something that winds up going under the radar with some of these West Coast games is that the ball winds up flying a lot more during the daytime than the nighttime. Oakland is the prime example of this because the marine layer is out during the night, but you see it a lot in Seattle. You see it quite a bit out there in Los Angeles as well. When you wind up being able to get a day game as opposed to a night game, the ball just winds up being able to go quite a bit farther. So I do think that that's a big aspect with this. A a 6.5 in this sort of a circumstance, not something that I would want under. So I think that being able to get a a 6.5 here, now that we've seen it come down, it is a good spot for an over. And what else is good? Being able to talk a little bit of tennis coming up next. Pam Maldonado does a great job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook. She's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking a little bit about Wimbledon and talking a little NFL futures as well next here on v the Sports Betting Network.